Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Today, we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. If you are not a listener, or if you are a listener of my podcast or any other podcast that I've ever guested on, and you have never heard of 1987's Miami Connection, then you've got a lot of explaining to do, Lucy. Because let me tell you, like, so about like a year ago, right? I think, or something, I mentioned that I would like to cover some more early Grime Bin episode films that they've covered. And today I'm finally returning to that mission. It took forever, but I didn't forget. <laughs> I'm a little under the weather too, so bear with me. I decided to start with Miami Connection because I genuinely felt it would be one of the easiest to cover. Uh, I feel like a lot of people have seen it. A lot of people know the backstory already. So I could just kind of put in a little bit of my own commentary and and wrap it up in a fucking bow. So uh, these episodes will be a little shorter than normal podcast episodes. And for some of y'all, that's a good thing. Uh, without further ado, let's defeat all odds as an orphan in a 10 college where we will meet a 45-year-old also orphan student that uh, knows Taekwondo. And together we will form the greatest martial arts rock band that Central Florida has ever freaking seen. Because life is all about love and friendship. Unless you kidnap one of our friends and we have to slice some people open and make Wolverine faces. Ah, yeah. Now play that shit theme song. It's the most podcast you We're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make jokes, and then we'll all go home. Friends for eternity, loyalty, honesty will stick together through thick or thin. Friends forever will be together. We're on top because we play to win. I mean, it's so good. Who? It's the most positive shit that could have been uh, in a Mr. Rogers show or something. It's so positive. It's magical. Um, I love that song, by the way. There's a good remix of it. I forget. It's it's some video game, right? Um. <clears throat> It actually kind of rocks. Uh, and, you know, that's right, because we are we are actually um, honoring the man that not only sported the, the greatest mustache in this film, uh, because Maurice, uh, the actor Maurice, uh, who plays Jim, I think. I get them all confused. There's a John, there's a Jim, there's a Joe. Um, I think he plays Jim, the one that gets the letter from his dad. Uh, he also has a mustache, too, but it's not quite as profound, um, in my opinion. I, I feel like uh, the Italian guy takes the cake. I believe his name is Angelo uh, Bobbity Boopy. <laughs> uh, <let> me... <laughs> Angelo <clears throat> uh, Gennati. Angelo Gennati, who plays Tom. Uh, Wikipedia says the Italian American lead guitarist vocalist of Dragon Sound. He is obviously the only one that has any experience performing live, um, making music. <laughs> he's the only one that actually looks like he knows what he's doing. And I guess uh, Jane kind of looks like she knows what she's doing as like that sort of um, background singer dancer person. She's basically the uh, Mighty Mighty Boston's guy before that guy. Um, Good old Jane, you gotta love her. She kind of reminds me of like um, 
the sexy ape from uh, the Planet of the Apes, uh, the remake, I think, with Mark Wahlberg. I could be wrong. <laughs> well, she kind of looks like uh, I did. I did. I did. I kind of screw myself over by calling her the sexy ape, the one that's you know the love interest sort of weird kind of in a way. I don't know. I haven't seen that movie in forever. Uh, cut that out, Daniel. If you're listening back at this, cut that out. Okay, so <clears throat> yes, the Grindman has covered this movie. Everyone knows about the history of this movie. Came out way back in the '80s. Very short, short-lived film. <clears throat> limited release. Had huge budget issues. A lot of reshoots. Uh, was basically the love child of, of YK Kim, who's this you know very renowned, uh, well-known, well-known. Is that a word? I don't know. Just very well known. There you go. Uh, taekwondo master and has had his own. I like how that's. <laughs> and uh, he's had his own dojos and instruction stuff. And I think he's done some motivational speaking since then and had his own career. But he made this movie in the 80s. It didn't do anything and pretty much went bankrupt. And um, and all of a sudden, I think the Alamo Draft House gets a hold of the of purchases. I believe the original cut and uh decides to show it in their theaters and it's a huge huge cult hit out of nowhere this must have been maybe what 10 years ago at this point it's been a while maybe a little less but it just sort of exploded and then all the podcasts and all the um different film commentary uh people covered it and um and it's been pretty legendary since then i've seen the movie probably I've probably seen it maybe about four times full, like from beginning to end. And I've seen the parts of it a bunch. Let me take a sip of my beverage here. I'm drinking, um, I'm drinking white clocks. Like I'm a little fucking slut. Uh, no, but this is white claw surge. So this is kind of like, you know, like when mountain it's like, I mean, they gave it a mountain dew name. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like if you have a little bit of penis or something, Mm. But it's called Surge because it's actually, um, I think most White Claws are like a 4.5. This is an 8%. So, you know, you drink a couple of these, you feel pretty good. I wanted to come in this with a little bit of that Miami buzz. I can't do Coke. So um, I thought this would be the best bet, uh, the second best thing. Um, Got a lot of hair. It's everywhere. Um. All right. Sorry. <laughs> My headphones are bothering me. Uh, and yeah, so that's kind of the basic, really basic Cliff Notes uh, uh, summary of the background of this film. Um, he used a lot of his former students, which is why there's a lot of stale acting. A lot of these, these uh, actors had never been behind a screen or behind a screen in front of a camera. <laughs> Maybe I should even record this episode. I've never been behind. I almost said it again. Never been in front of a camera. It's very obvious. There's a lot of weird, awkward pauses, and the line delivery is a little weird. But it's kind of adds to the charm of the film. Uh, sometimes I feel like the Michael Phelps guy. I forget what his name is, but he looks like Michael Phelps. He's the one that's with Jane. Uh, and uh, what the hell is his name? It's probably John or some shit. Yeah, John. It's a lame name. 
uh, uh, actor Vincent Hirsch. Um, or I guess you could call him an actor. I don't know if he did anything after this, but uh, decent, you know, decent for a big, tall guy. He can really throw those legs around, you know. I mean, nobody wants to get kicked by a fucking six foot four guy. That's a lot of foot coming at you. All 13, 14 inches just right in your face. <laughs> and um, and if he's learning anything from YK Kim, he can pinch your nose, pinch your cheek, grab your Adam's apple with just his toes. Pretty amazing. So very awkward acting. Uh, I really, I, I by far, and I think it's a lot of people's favorite character, but I, I really do like the brother of Jane who I believe is Jeff. <laughs> what was YK Kim thinking? Oh, all American names start with a J, you know? Yeah. We got John, Jeff, Jane, Jack, Jim. Like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? I, if you're going to give them all the same, uh, like one syllable names with start with a J, give them a little bit more so I can remember them. But no, when you hear Jeff, John, Jane, Jack, Jim, it just all kind of blends together after a while. But yeah, Jeff, uh, which, by the way, like, my name is Jeff. Like, why would you name one of your main bad guys, one of your main antagonists? He's a gangster, drug dealer, hooligan who has a, a, the thickest son of a bitch beard I've ever seen in my life. Um, I think in my notes, I just call him hairball guy because he's just a hairy, furry son of a bitch. He just I can't imagine what it's like to be near that man. Uh, he's just it's just a lot of fur, you know, and I say it like I got a little face hair myself. But this guy. Holy shit. Who knows what's going on in there? He could probably still still smell what he's been eating for the last couple of days. So. Yeah, Jeff has a Jeff is in this one. I'm a big fan of him, mostly because of his first scene in the movie. Uh, we're introduced to this band, Dragon Sound. We there's no backstory to that. That's a kind of annoys me. I I kind of wish there should be a prequel of Miami Connection, Miami Erection. Um, there should be some sort of. I would. I'm almost more curious to see how this band came together. Because yeah, okay. There were plenty of Asian people at my school when I was in college, but the most interaction I got was them probably talking shit about me in the elevator. That was pretty much it. Like I, it's really difficult. I mean, maybe they met at, maybe they met at the Taekwondo place that, um, Mark YK Kim was, I guess the main instructor at. <clears throat> and my theory of why Mark is so much older than everyone. Here's my because everyone always be like, oh, he's so old. Man. He. He says in the film, he came to the States. He had nothing, no family, no money. I don't even know how the fuck he got here, but he got here. You know, he had to work his ass off. He probably worked in restaurants and did all kinds of side jobs and shit like that. He just could get into college and say he didn't have the money until he was 40 or something, you know? So it takes time. If, if, if we, we've all seen those people in college when we're, you know, first getting in there um, for those of y'all that, decided to be stupid asses and go and waste your money. <clears throat> we all saw those 40 something year olds just going to live their dream. And that's what, that's what Mark is. He's going to relive his dream or just to, to live his dream and start his life uh, in America um, officially. And he meets these other dudes that go to his dojo, I guess. Like they, they don't explain any of that. Then, then how do they, how do they even get into the thing of like, 
well, what if we could have a band? Like, what if we played a band? Like, none of us make a lot of money. What if we played in one venue once a week and made $50, $50 each probably or something? Like, first of all, what is so good about this venue? I mean, it seems okay, but aren't they in Orlando? Like, aren't there tons? I Here in San Antonio, my band, when I was a teenager, we played in probably, what, 10, 12 venues or something like that just within the city? Um, I, I understand being the house band, but they're not, they don't have, their music is so specific. They really wouldn't make a good house band because they wouldn't play a lot of different styles. It's basically just keyboard driven guitar riff, eighties pop shit. You know, there's not a lot of, of, of flexibility. Honestly, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure that the, the guy that looks like he's a, the ACDC singer, that's really angry that he lost his gig. I think that band may have been. We never got to hear that band. What if they were actually pretty good and they're all pissed off that these stupid dweebs that do karate and taekwondo took their spot? I don't know. Nobody ever really thinks about that stuff. I do like that scene, though. Um, there's a couple of scenes I'll, hit, I'll touch on. I, I really like the scene where... ACDC guy. I call him ACDC guy because he's got the little, I don't know, flat cap. I don't know what you call that. Old man cap. <clears throat> he's got a beard. He likes to wear a handkerchief as a, I don't know, as an accessory, which is really weird. It barely fits around his big fucking neck. Like, it'd be the same for me. I don't think I could really tie a handkerchief around my neck like that without it really getting in there. And he's always yelling. It's like he that's like the only thing he can do. And so he's like, fuck it. Then that's what I shall do. He's either quiet as shit and not saying anything. And just drinking. Or he's yelling. He's like, those sons of bitches. I wish I could scream. I can't because I'll start coughing. And he's like, those sons of bitches think they're better than us. You fucking piece of shit. He's just cussing at the the, the owner of the venue. Who happens to, <laughs> to happens to know martial arts? Um, not sure what he does if is Taekwondo, but he happens to know it, and so does a uh, singer guy. So they fight, and he gets his that poor guy gets his ass whooped like five times in this movie. I don't know if he ever gets killed. I guess he may have gotten killed at some point. Maybe as uh, I don't know if they put him in a little ninja gi at some point because he seemed to know a little bit about fighting, but. Uh, definitely more of a street fight guy you know he he looks like a an extra character from streets of rage you know holding on there's a, a that one first kind of brawl that they have in the street where the band brings i guess them and their man groupies i don't even know like i, I what are you the roadies like they how do you have so many guys that are willing to fight for you i guess they're fans i don't know but it's weird. It feels like a lot of parts, like especially the very beginning where it's the drug deal and the ninjas get like, I don't know, $500 worth of Coke or some bullshit. Like all that effort wasn't worth crap. But it all feels very much like a Michael Jackson video is about to kick off. It just feels like Beat It. So much of this movie feels like Beat It until the very end where it's more like eat this blade in your face. <laughs> but... um. <laughs> Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, it's really fucking weird. But anyway, the most important thing about this 
part of the show is that I got to promote one of the podcasts of the Podmoth Media Network. I just remembered, thankfully, in time. So here, I don't know what I'm going to promote yet, but here it is. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm Matt, host of My Second Self and I on the Podmoth Media Network. I'm only asking for a couple minutes of your time so I can shamelessly tell you about my podcast. My Second Self and I is a unique podcast because instead of an actual other person, Alex, my co-host, is the audible manifestation of one of the many other voices in my head. Sounds weird, but it kind of works. Well, sure, that sounds interesting, you might be thinking. But you might also be thinking, well, what kind of pod is it, Matt? My Second Self and I is a comedy show about true crime. What? How does that work? I believe that with the right tone of voice, different voices, and good storytelling, that even a gruesome story about a serial killer can be told in a way that doesn't leave you feeling gritty or gross. Don't worry, I can see you scratching your head. I understand the murder isn't the funny part. Rather, it's how I tell the story that gets you to laugh. So... What kind of stories can we expect? Great question. You can expect anything from serial killers, missing persons, cold cases, conspiracy theories, paranormal entities, cults, and pretty much anything within the general vicinity of weird slash unexplainable is on the table. You can also expect a certain level of professionalism in that I will do my very best to present the most accurate information I can, as well as being entertaining and engaging. If that sounds like a good time to you, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, YouTube, and wherever else you get your podcasts. My second self and I. Tell your friends and stay kind. Boy, those white claws really surged through my urethra, that's for sure. <laughs> Holy crap. Well, I hope, hope you enjoyed that ad for a Pod Moth Media Network. Go give it a listen. I know some of y'all, you know, may not be that much into uh, learning about the paranormal and or whatever the the podcast was about. But you know what? It's time to expand your horizons, okay? You, how many freaking film podcasts can you listen to? You've seen all the damn movies. It's ridiculous. All right, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get mad there. Um, continuing on. Uh, yeah. So, like, I, I think I was making a point about how everything feels like a beaded video. I mean, there's not a lot you can do with this concept. I think it's actually a decent, fun 80s action idea, action movie idea. Um, having this band that is just that that's the thing is like they just want to make music and they want to practice Taekwondo because they like to do it, but they don't actually want to ever use it in real life circumstances. But these people just can't, they just don't like them. It's almost like they're so nice that everybody, like the, all the other people can't stand them. It kind of reminds me of the Spurs. I feel like a lot of people don't like the Sancho Spurs because we're not like this flashy team, you know, where we're this very, uh, in notoriously in the past been known as like a nicer team, not like bad boy team. And Granted, we've had some bad, some pretty badass dudes, but I just think culturally speaking, the way the vibe of the team is, and I think a lot of teams hate us because of that. Uh, and I've, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm going to say. Uh, San Antonio Spurs are the dragon sound of the NBA. <laughs> oh, that was your hard take of the day from Daniel J. Oh, my God. Okay, so uh, one other, uh, another scene that I really like is the first time that Jeff, the first time Jeff meets uh, Michael Phelps, because I refuse to call him by whatever his stupid fucking name is in this movie. 
and he's dating Jeff's uh, sister Jane, who is the dancer slash uh, sometimes singer slash tambourine player uh, in the band. She's kind of the only thing that proves that they can be around women. Because when you meet these guys, if you met all these gentlemen separately, all of them, uh, there's not a single one of them. If you met every one of them the way they're portrayed in this film, you would never think they've ever been with a woman. You just there's just no freaking way. And the movie does show this to us a couple of times with our little but a little Italian buddy. Uh, uh, what's his name? Angelo Babadi Bupu. And uh, <laughs> on that beach scene. And it's so weird. So I think they just got her in because they're like, you know, we got to look like we can at least get a girl. And it turns out it's Michael Phelps girlfriend. They met, I guess, in college at some point. And there's that horrible scene right before he meets the brother where he's like, I don't know, he's doing stupid, goofy faces. And it's so cringe. Like, God, I would dry up if I was his girlfriend, like constantly just be like a desert, like a salty cracker. But for some reason, long necks and goofy ass faces do it for her. Uh, so she's talking to him. They have this very horribly uh, the audio recording of, of this, the audio capture where she talks about like her, fa I think her parents died or something. So basically her brother brought her up as a kid and um, has, pays for all their college stuff because, you know, he makes his money, you know, the, the easy way. And she's like, He's just very protective, blah, blah, blah. So they start working their way to the parking lot. Jeff hops out, hops out of his little... By the way, I love seeing Jeff. So here's my theory. I think Jeff hates uh, Michael Phelps because he is a short king. It is obvious that Jeff is 5'7", is if he's lucky. I think he's probably 5'6", five, 5'5", five, five or something like that. On a good day, I think he's wearing boots or so. I don't know, but is a really tiny guy. And Michael Phelps is a solid 6'3". I mean, his neck alone is a foot. It's crazy. And I think he just hates him for that. I think he's just like, you talk, lanky son of a bitch. <laughs> I think that's why Jeff focuses on growing the facial hair. It's like, let's, let's, let's create a different thing for people to notice. Like, okay, I'm tiny. I wear size five shoe and, um, you know, like all that. Like I'm a little, little, ah, little vato. It's full of fur, you know? So like, I think that's his, I think that's his whole motive. I think he can't stand that Michael Phelps is this, this giant person. I think he had a, it was almost like, uh, what's the guy's name in uh, the Nintendo game with the punch out little Joe or <laughs> not? No, I think that's a rapper. What the hell is that little guy's name? But, you know, the main guy, he's all small and shit. He's like this freaking big and all the other. All, all, I'm doing this to the camera. I don't know if the, the listeners can't hear it. But, you know, he's tiny compared to the other characters because the, the game, the technology did not allow them to, like, make it to where you could have them both big. And I think he had to jump up, but he. She Jane tells Jeff, hey, this is my friend, Michael Phelps. I, I we've been hanging out for a while. And he looks at her 
And he goes, a friend. And then he jumps and punches the shit out of Michael Phelps right in the fucking jaw. It's amazing, man. I love that scene. It cracks me up every single time. Someone just saying a friend like that. Um, it's just the best thing ever. I don't know what, why he's so protective. Like I said, it's got to be the tall thing because I don't get it. Like, what does he want? Who does he want his sister to be with? Does he want her to be with um, freaking his boss or something? Like, I don't know. It would have been funny if the boss tried to hit on her. And he's like, my boss <laughs> he punches his boss. <laughs> I forget his boss's name. Uh, I think it was Yashido. There you go. Yashido. Played by Sayung Jo. Uh, Yoshido, gotta say, there's like, you know, I got a couple more things to say. Yoshido, gotta say, talk about someone that really knows how to work his way to a gang. He's into bike, he's into like motorcycles, he's a hog man, you know, he likes the hogs. And how progressive is this? Because, you know, notoriously, most biker gangs, I would imagine in Florida, a lot of Confederate flags. <laughs> lot of uh you know don't tread on me and things like that you wouldn't think they'd let some asian guy lead them but you know what kudos to them kudos to them not only then i mean a real asian guy like this guy can barely speak english um he's a ninja <laughs> his side job is ninja and he but I guess because he funds the 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 group, he fun, he probably funnels a lot of money into the gang, the biker gang. He kind of is technically part of two gangs because I know some of the biker guys are part of his ninja guys. But it's obvious in that one biker scene where there's a lot of. Um, who, how do I say this? Aged breasts. I don't know how to. <laughs> a lot of. Uh, oof. Some of those are just meant to be. It's a great thing they invented clothing. So, um, and not to say uh, mine are any better, but still, I uh, keep these hidden for the most part. And I, it sure looked like some of those guys definitely don't know karate or taekwondo or could do all the, like, where they go into the obstacle course to prepare for their battle at the end. I don't see any of them being able to do that. So, I don't know. I think it's a little bit like I think he's very diverse. He's like, it's kind of like me. You know, I, I used to like singing in a hardcore punk band, but I also had a job in marketing. You know, you can you can have a foot. You can be Hannah Montana if you want. And that's that's what he is. He's the Hannah Montana of the crime world in, um, I guess, Miami slash Orlando, Central Florida. So kudos to him. You know, he kind of he doesn't take it too well when uh there's that battle where they steal they steal Angelo. Uh, I, I don't even know what his name is in the movie. I just I think Angelo's a way more fun name than I'm sure his name was. Tom. Tom. Just name him Angelo. That's a cool freaking name. Anyway, they take Tom. I think he's shirtless too. They're going to like a restaurant. This guy has no shirt. Like, man, it's Florida. It's a different place. They kidnap him because they're getting pissed off. They're getting tired of it. Uh, the the former band hired um, and, and his guys to um, 
to basically kick this fucking Taekwondo bullshit Dragon Sound horseshit band out of town. And it progresses and it gets worse and worse. Eventually they do take one of the guys. Then they took the guy that, because if you look at like the level of fighting abilities, it's probably starting from the lowest to the highest. Good old Tom. He's definitely the musician guy. This guy does not fight. He fights like the Ninja Turtles in part two, where it's just got to be silly cartoon shits. <laughs> he can't actually do anything. Um, oh shit, I don't remember anything. Jim. Uh, Jim is definitely not great. He's kind of, he's very, uh, I think at some point he jumps out of a barrel. So, you know, he's not really, he's more of a sneak attack guy. Uh, and then I think it goes to uh, eyebrows guy. Um, I forget. I think it's. I think that's uh, Jack. Jack. Joseph Diamond, which is a fun name. Then it's got to go to Michael Phelps. He's definitely right there. He's pretty good. He's very intense. He gets a lot of blood on his face at some point. Legendary. And then of course YK Kim as Mark. Uh, he's definitely number one. I think that's the order of the group. And I honestly give the ninja slash bikers credit because they knew let's take the weakest link. Let's take mustache boy with his cool mullet. Let's take him. Um, and yeah, there's, there's, they, they take him. There's a crazy scene that I think one of the issues with this film or one of the things that makes it memorable are the tonal shifts because you'll have a scene where, it's kind of fun and goofy, like when they're on the beach and they're hitting. Well, it's very awkward, too, because they're like hitting on girls and they're showing a lot of ass and in like bikinis and stuff. But then the cameraman also shows like the lifeguards ass and they show uh, kids playing and like pick a pick a lane. We understand there are kids and other things going on. The band obviously wants to look at the girls. Right. Let's just stick to that. We don't need. We know what else is happening at the beach. <laughs> we don't need to see a guy fishing and a motherfucker uh, doing the scuba shit. And we don't need to see a guy like with a with a metal detector on the sand. We don't need to see everything. We've all been to a beach, most of us, right? Are we at least seen a movie about the beach? Just show the girls. Show the girls. Show the guys dancing and having a good time. It's 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 that easy. But I think there's like a wholesomeness that this movie constantly is like it's like a back and forth. It doesn't know if it wants to be wholesome or if it wants to be hardcore, and 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 violent. It doesn't it doesn't know. And so you'll get scenes like that, but then you get scenes like and then you get scenes where they're playing live and they basically play an entire fucking song. It's like a whole music video and. Um, by the way, I didn't know that in that one song, it's not the, the friends for eternity one, but the other one, I had no idea they were yelling Taekwondo, Taekwondo. I had no idea. That's what they were saying. I had to put the captions on. I was like, oh, they're saying Taekwondo. Cool. And at some point, I think Michael Phelps says we should make another Taekwondo song. I'm like, I think you only have room for one Taekwondo song per album. Okay. You can work at another one for your sophomore album. Maybe maybe try other martial arts stuff. Maybe write a song about that the restaurant that you're trying to support your friend from. You know, the there's this poor guy that also trains with them, but he also has to run his own restaurant. And all these guys with their dicks hanging out of their tight shorts come in and try to basically um what's that called? Dine and dive or dive and dive and drive, dive and 
I don't know. I'm not a poor person. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, dump. I can't remember. Dine and dine and dive. Why do I keep saying dine and dive? I know it's not dine and dive. What do you, you you eat and then jump into the water? You just jump into the nearby dock and just go swim away from the restaurant. Oh my god, <clears throat> dine and dine and run. No, it's not it. It's got a rhyme. It's bothering me now. Dine and dine and dash. Dine and run. Dine and dive sounds way harder to do. It's like if you're eating like um at some seafood restaurant, like on some stupid, I don't know what you call those, like a dock or whatever. Like you're like on some, what do you call that? Like a seaboard? I don't know. I'm not from the coast. I'm South Texas where there's no fucking water except in our gross lakes. Anyway, so we're about wrapping this up. <laughs> Um, the letter scene. Okay, I'm obviously I got to mention the letter scene. There's two technically letter scenes, letter related scenes. We get our initial letter related scene with Jim when <clears throat> he gets really mad because uh, Michael Phelps is playing. You know, what do you call that? You know, you got to be quicker than that. You know, he's not letting him get his letters. Like, yeah. You know, and finally he gets him his legs. Like, like, God damn, calm down, dude. I'm just fucking with you, bro. And by the way, this uh, it's very homoerotic. Um, this this whole setup they got here. They're constantly half naked, but you know what? Maybe they're just comfortable in their own skin. You know, they're all accepting of each other's uh, freak flags, and they're just willing to let them flow. Because that scene does open up with Jim taking his shirt off, but it's it's weird because it's kind of like peeping Tom angle. It's just outside his room. It's like a sliver of his doorway and he's just taking his shirt off. He's not buff either. <laughs> so it just feels weird. It feels too real. It's like, you're supposed to be kind of fit. <laughs> you do Taekwondo and shit, dude. Anyway, um, he reads the letter and then he has this huge monologue about him being half Korean, half. I think he says American African or so. He says it really weird. Black American. I think. And uh, which, by the way, boy, his father's DNA really took over that motherfucker. <laughs> like that is a powerful, some powerful DNA. And because uh, this guy is now Korean. Um, and he cries a little bit, mentions about how his father left him and with his mom. And then he became an orphan, I guess. It's a, or no, no. He stayed with his mom. Because that's when um, Mark says uh, YK Kim, he goes, I thought we were all orphans, you know, uh, which he's right. He did think that. But I guess you don't really know your friends that well if you think that they're all orphans, dude. <laughs> like, ask him some questions every now and then instead of sticking your goddamn feet in their face, you son of a bitch. There's a point where he, like, fist fucks one of the guys in his mouth. Like, what the hell are you doing, bro? Like, get to know each other a little bit before you put your goddamn fist in my mouth. Anyway, so... There's that scene. And then there's the scene where they I think they decide to all start sending letters to try to get this guy to try to find this uh, 25 year old dad of, of, of Jibs, as we see later on in the film. 
And yeah, eventually they find the letter or the they find the dad and the dad's like, hey, let's meet up, let's, you know, meet up here, blah, blah, blah. He goes. <laughs> and there's the famous, you know, where he's like, my letter, oh my God, <laughs> or whatever the fuck. It's crazy, dude. <laughs> it is crazy. Uh, but you know what? I'm glad he's doing his thing. Like, hey, when you're hype, everyone's got different hype. Some of us get all squirrely and, you know, like, ah. And then some of us are like, fuck you, you know, so it's all different. Some of us don't make any faces at all. So anyway, there's that scene and they all lift him up in the air like he's Rudy. I know none of y'all like sports, but, you know, Rudy is a football film. Famously, they put him up on the show on their shoulders. And then Joe Montana said that they were just joking and being facetious about like basically being assholes about lifting him up in the air, which is fucking awesome to me. <laughs> but anyway, God, I gotta love Joe Montana. Um, we're wrapping this up. So then, uh, so we got that last scene, which is when the scene, the film really, cause they killed, yeah. they killed him <laughs> in, I get whatever dump where like weird industrial fucking gravel factory that they're in or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and for Jeff, you know, he's trying his best. He's got cool mortal combat weapons. It's like spiky shit. And, um, he loses them. And then he's, they end up way up high on the fucking platform, and he 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 just wasn't paying attention to his surroundings. He sh should listen to Raz Al Ghul. Um, he's always told Batman, "Pay attention to your surroundings, you son of a bitch." And he falls back and he dies. And Jane takes about a day of grief and forgives Michael Phelps <laughs> really fast. And I feel like, wait, this guy was kind of like your dad. But it just, it was weird. And like, I, Michael Phelps was like, hey, we there wasn't much we could do, you know? We, there was just no way for us to hold him down and 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 get some handcuffs or tie him down or something. And, you know, there's no way. He, he, he just didn't mind his surroundings. So anyway, then that's when the ninja find out, um, Yoshido or whatever finds out, and he's like, we must avenge my name is life. And so <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it until somebody laughs. And so then, uh, so then the, the, the ninjas, then the ninjas and the, the, the hog men, the <laughs> biker gang, we shouldn't call biker gangs hog men. Uh, the biker gang, they merge and they become one. And now it's ninjas on motorcycles, which the whole movie should have been that ninjas on motorcycles. Fucking cool. I love the idea of a, a form a form of, of martial arts, a form of battle that's known for being stealth, sneaky, quiet, let on the feet, joining up with one of the loudest fucking machines ever created on Earth, the motorcycle. How ironic is that? You're never supposed to see the ninja till the ninja wants you to see it. But no, not these ninjas. These ninjas want you to hear them Blocks away. <laughs> and we get the battle in the fucking park. <laughs> the shitty park with a shitty stream of water. It's not even a river. It's just dirty water going down. And right away, freaking, uh, uh, I keep wanting to come Jack. Jim. Jim gets sliced in the chest. He has one of the best reactions ever. It's probably the most real realistic reaction. If someone sliced me across my goddamn chest, like I'd be very similar. I hope, I hope you didn't have it too loud there in your ears. 
and he he falls down. Everyone takes it pretty hard. Um, and the thing is, this is only three guys against like twenty ninjas or something like that. It's it's only um, Mark, Jim, who can't fight, and Mike Michael Phelps. Luckily, there's not enough water for Michael Phelps to be useful. <laughs> so, but but both after Jim gets sliced, Michael Phelps and and Mark lose their shit they both turn into slightly different wolverines but pretty close they're screaming they're no like <laughs> yeah they're fucking just showing their teeth and shit and this is when like people get sliced cut diced there's some decent practical effects here showing some of the scene like some of the kill shots um it's a good time um and there were some earlier too in, a, in that battle there at the uh the gravel factory and then one of the ninjas after they've been depleted goes to uh yashudo and tells him hey what the we're dying dude help us and, <laughs> and yashudo just slices his head off and just goes ah, 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 ah look how sharp my knife is and i mean poor jim is dying over here he doesn't want to be the first black guy to die by a katana sword and so he's holding off for dear life um mark yk kim fights a white man <laughs> that's that's no longer yoshido i guess he couldn't shoot the extra shots uh that they needed for this battle scene so they hired like you're in aren't didn't they shoot this in la like there's a bazillion asian people you can't just find someone that can at least do some sword work or something i, I don't know it was too weird but i guess they were kind of like ah it's vhs it's shitty you know movie quality no one's gonna be able to tell but it's very obvious in these uh, newer versions of the film. So anyway, uh, that ends, and uh, that guy uh, does uh, the died, and then they take. Um, it, it's very obvious they wanted to end it there. By the way, they definitely wanted because they end it with the uh, yeah. I guess <laughs> I want to rock. <laughs> they end it with YK Kim making a face like I made two weeks ago after I had Taco Bell for like. I ordered like I'm not even kidding forty dollars worth of Taco Bell. That is gonna empty your hole so hard. <clears throat> anyway, so from that freeze frame, they cut to them in the car, and they're like, "Hold on, Jim, hold on." They take him to the hospital. Then we meet the we meet his dad, who's twenty five years old with some <laughs> some white powder in his. Like, they just threw flour on a the guy. They're like, "Ah, there you go." And they wiped it off his face. Just kept it in the hair. And he plays Jim's dad. How does Jim look older than his dad? What kind of shit is that? That is wild shit. And they're all like, yeah, you know, we're all friends. We love each other and we'll do anything for each other. And it's great. Though Dragon Sound survives. Goodbye, Jeff. I hope you enjoy your life after this. And the movie ends. There you go. That is, um, I almost called it Dragon Sound. That is Miami Connection, 1987. Jesus, Lord Christ Almighty. And as you know, I like to do a quick impression of the films I like to cover. And this is a segment I like to call a quick impression. Quick impressions. My mother was Korean. And my father was black American. She gave me this picture when she was real sick. I was only nine years old. 
my mother was Korean and my father was black American. And she gave me this picture when she was real sick. I was only nine years old. And that is scene of Jim talking about his wonderful Korean mom who said, hey, this is your dad that left. <laughs> See if you can find him one day. <laughs> ah, Jim. He might be my second favorite character. I think it's Jeff, and then it's Jim, and then I think it's good old Angelo Bobbity Boo Boo. So, as you know, I like to rate these movies by my favorite mustaches. You have the, the Horror of Dead. It's been a while. You have the full Full Men Shoe recommendation for Hell Yeah, this movie's badass. You have the Walrus mustache recommendation for this movie's pretty damn good. The Horseshoe mustache for eh, not bad. And of course, the dreaded Hitler mustache for Burn This Movie in Hell. Oh, this episode lasted way longer than I wanted it to, but eh, it's okay. I'm going to go top tier walrus on this baby. I highly recommend if you've never seen this movie to watch it. I think it's super fun to watch with friends. Kind of a bummer to watch it alone. I, I You can watch it alone and still get something out of it. But I think it's really fun to watch it as a watch party and have a good time. Have it on at a party. Um, there are some slow draggy drag scenes. There's the music videos that take forever because it's the whole freaking song. But you know what? They were trying to pad the, the run time, and um, it, it, it's a rookie film. You know, you, you, what do you expect? They're just trying to work with what they got. But the parts that the parts that do pop, like the, the ones that really do slap, slap hard. So I'm a big fan. Hope you enjoyed this episode. You can catch the Mustache Podcastio on social media at M Podcastio on X and at Mustachio Podcastio on Instagram. And I think I have a Facebook out there. I don't post too often, but I'm going to try to post a little bit more. But um, hope you enjoyed this episode. Until next time. Bye.